Welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. I am so happy you're here. If you want to create a beautiful home that isn't cookie cutter or a trendy copy of someone else's, you're in the right place. And if you don't want to hurt your wallet or the planet to get one of those dream homes. And you can get started with my brand new quiz called Fix My Room. It's actually more of an assessment tool, but the word quiz, I think, sounds better because it's it's really easy to do. Just answer 20 multiple choice questions and you'll be pinpointing why your room isn't working, why it feels off, and why maybe your previous efforts haven't really panned out. Or maybe you're fairly happy with your room, but you want to make sure that your design choices are going in the right direction. Visit our website at slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later in the show. Now, let's dig into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Style Matters Podcast. I'm Zandra, your host, and I am so glad you're here. If you're looking for ways to love your home, enhance its beauty, and above all, make it a place that both nurtures you and inspires you, then you're in the right place. On this show, I talk with the most thoughtful designers, stylists, and artists in the industry about why our environments have such a huge impact on our overall happiness and whether or not we go through our days uplifted or dragged down. I pick their brains for how they do what they do and how we can apply it to our own homes. I believe everyone deserves to have beauty in their lives, and if it's lacking in yours or if you just can't get enough of gorgeous interiors, this show is for you. I'm so glad you found us. Get ready to think on a totally different plane because in this episode, I talk with Susan Dommelsmith Cabral of ClearSpace, a modern feng shui practice for residential and commercial settings. What you'll take away from this is the understanding that there's a lot going on inside our homes that we can't see. And as a feng shui practitioner, it's Susan's job to use ancient tools that reveal the energy, balance, and focal points that may or may not be working in our homes. We really just scratch the surface of what feng shui is all about, but she does leave us with some simple things we can implement right away. And if you're interested in learning more, go to our show notes page for this episode at littleyellowcouch.com and click on the podcast section on the website. In addition to getting more info about Susan and seeing photos of her work, by the way, she can actually work with you long distance virtually. She's also sharing a free downloadable energy map with us, which is a great resource if you want to get started. All right, here's Susan. Susan Smith Cabral, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. I am looking forward to this. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation too. Good. All right. We're just going to jump in a little bit with your background because I am really curious about how you were introduced to feng shui. I, I I sense that it had a sort of an immediate profound effect on you and it and it kind of changed the trajectory of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a jewelry studio in Brooklyn, New York, where I was working on that. And I was working in the studio and things weren't kind of 
flowing that well. And I had a good friend named Amelia Rich, and she is an interior designer. And she's like, well, I'll come take a look at your office and we can redesign it to feng shui. And so we put my desk in command position, which is facing the door and changed some different flows around in there. And I immediately felt a profound effect. And I was just like, oh my God, it was one of those light bulb moments where I was like, this is what I need to be doing with my life. My life has changed. I have to do this for everyone. Like everyone needs to know about this, but right. So I I went to a bookstore and I was looking at all the feng shui books there. I didn't really find anything that resonated with me. And then Mm. there was one that was in the completely wrong spot, but it just like was sparkling on the shelf at me. (laughs) So I went and grabbed that one. I looked through it. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. I went to the park, read it cover to cover. And I was like, who is this feng shui master that wrote this book? I look him up. He worked nearby and he was doing seminars starting the next week. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I was like, okay, great. You know, sign up for all the seminars, attend all the seminars, had a really great experience with that. His name is William Spear. He's practicing in New York and Connecticut. Um, And then afterwards he was like, I've never had anybody sign up for all of my workshops all at once. Who are you and what is going on? And I was like, you know, I just fell in love with this work and I feel like this is really my calling and I have to do this. And he's like, okay, you need to chill out. First of all, you have to practice five to 10 years of just intuition training only before you can even Whoa. think about starting this practice. And I was like, what, what is intuition training? It's being able to feel things and sense things. I had, I had a sense of intuition before, but you okay. know, in feng shui, it's really important because you have to see how the chi flows and just okay. seeing, you know, you it's, it's necessary. So I, obviously I was completely devastated, but I was working, right. I was working in retail. I was a manager and buyer for a store in Soho in, in New York city. And so then I was like, well, actually, this is kind of the perfect training ground for this practice. So I was able to make changes within the store and see how that affected people walking in and their walking patterns and what they were looking at. And so Ah. it was like the, actually the perfect opportunity. So then after that time, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I got my certification from the New York School of Feng Shui and opened my practice in 2018. Wow. (laughs) What a wonderful story of of confluence between personal and professional goals. What does the application of Feng Shui do for us in our homes? I mean, sort of big picture here. Why Why is it so compelling? Why do we need to pay attention to this? Subliminal surroundings of your home have a very big effect on you, but it's also just the energy flow and creating harmony and balance. So it's a kind of a combination of the two with the psychology of what you're seeing and what kind of mm. thought patterns that creates in your brain, but also just making sure that the energy is flowing and your path throughout the space is, is nice and clear. So yeah. for example, artwork is really important in feng shui. What do you have that you're looking at every day? You have kind of have to create it like a vision board as though it were a vision board for your goals where you're putting images in front of you of what you want to achieve, for example. And then just making sure that there's no blockages. All of the doors can open easily. If doors don't open easily, that can create, first of all, frustration, but also missed opportunities because you're you're fighting against something. Okay. So yeah, it's how how you're interacting with your home. And yeah, it's just, you know, it can have profound effects whenever people make these small changes and all of a sudden they have they're moving freely through their home and everything is where it needs to be. And then I've I've had some some kind of interesting things happen with clients as a result of making feng shui changes that were pretty profound. Can give us a couple examples. So for one example, I was working with an artist based in Brooklyn and she had gone through 
changes in her relationship and there were pieces of furniture left over from that relationship and they were all kind of like stacked and like not, you know, not usable. And I was like, girl, these are your, and I did the Bagua map for her and I was like, these are actually in your wealth corner. You have to get rid of all of these immediately, you know? And I asked her, do you have fond memories when you look at this piece? Because if so, then we would have figured out a way to work, work okay. with it. And she was like, oh no, like that. Right. Toxic relationship. Yeah. So why is it still there? Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, people hold on to things and whatever timeline is right for people to make these changes. That's the perfect thing for them. Yeah. So she made these changes and then a couple months later, she was selected for a major grant, like an artwork grant. And then she got a show at a major museum in New York and she's been like traveling the world. And, you know, so that that really freed her up too. But also, you know, other clients like looking for relationships and making small changes in their home to kind of call that in. And then the perfect person shows up out of nowhere. And right. I just love these wonderful stories. So what you said somewhere on your website that you've been trained in both the classical and Western forms of Feng Shui. So what, what is the difference there? Yeah. So I originally started with the Western Feng Shui. The main difference is the way that the Bagua map is laid out. And that's the energetic map where it's related to career, wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, relationship, creativity, all these other things. And so you kind of overlay this map over your home to see what's happening, all the different areas, and then you can make changes in your life. So feng shui has both of those in common, but it's how the map is oriented in Western feng shui is based on where the front door is. And in, in classical feng shui, it's based on the compass directions. Interesting. Okay. So I wonder if that has something to do with my own limited experience in learning about feng shui. I remember a couple of times talking to people about this this Bagua map, and we're going to mm-hmm. talk more about these tools in a second because I want people to kind of uh, get familiar with the terms. But remember talking about where in the home, for instance, the kitchen should be located. And I'm thinking, but unless you're building it from scratch, you don't you don't really once the kitchen is built, you don't you're not going to move it. I mean, unless you have gazillions of dollars, so. Right. What is it, it felt like a block to me, like, well, well, then there's nothing I can do when my house is out of alignment. And now, you know, yeah, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That kind of mindset is where 80% of my clients call me. There's so much inf- information online. So um, and in books. And so for that, for example, the kitchen does have a lot of fire energy. Yeah. Like all of the appliances are related to fire. Electronic is fire oven, the stove, all of that is fire. So putting that in the South, which is the area related to fire that has an energy alignment. Okay. Um, but putting it in like the North that has water, that's going to be a little bit more of a clash. Okay. So, so yeah, that's kind of the basis of what you're talking about, but there can be definitely changes made and balances made in other areas. For example, the Bagua map can be covering the whole like floor plan of the entire building, or you can zoom it down to each room. So in oh. an example where something is not ideally located, then we can either make changes with color and bring in more colors that are going to mitigate the clash yeah. of the elements. For example, wood feeds fire and water feeds wood. So putting wood in between the fire and water elements is, is helpful huh. in like draining one. Anyway, okay. That's going to get too complicated. No, 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 no. That, that's okay. I just, I'm just thinking that when you said that in the, the, the Western teachings, you orient according to the front door. Mm-hmm. To me, that feels more doable because because we don't often have control over where we're actually putting things unless we're building from the ground up. We'll be back after a quick break. 
I just want to jump in here for a minute and remind you about the new free quiz that you can take at slowstylehome.com. It's called the Fix My Room Quiz, and I've created it because a lot of times when we're ready to change up a room in our homes, we get stuck not knowing where to start or what to do first. I mean, do you paint the walls? Do you come up with a different floor plan? Do you declutter first and then buy all new stuff? It's daunting. So the quiz is designed as a way for you to assess what's not working so that you're pointed in the right direction in terms of what to focus on. Everything else can kind of fall away. After years of helping others look around their rooms and identify the possibilities for big, impactful changes, I figured out how you can do this assessment yourself. The 20 multiple choice questions will ask you about how your room is functioning and how your style is developing. Then you'll receive a detailed summary from me about what you should tackle first. No more guessing and no more throwing money away or time. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on the quiz button right at the top. All right, let's jump back into today's episode. Right, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are other changes that can be made. Like, for example, there's if stairs are kind of running right towards the door, that can be a little problematic one because you're walking in and facing stairs immediately, but otherwise it can be a drain of of chi. So there Uh are different things that you can implement. I'm not going to say, okay, you have to tear down the whole house and start, you know, you can create speed bumps in a way and have it recycle back into the home. So I never say anything is unfixable. We do what we can with what we have. Okay, good, good. Before we continue with the conversation, I want to jump in here for a minute and introduce you to my slow style approach to creating a home you love. Just like it sounds, slow style means taking your time and letting your home evolve by responding to what's going on in the rest of your life and reflecting who you are and who you want to become. Now, I know that sounds really abstract, but I don't want you to think that slow style means you're just waiting around for inspiration to strike. I know you need practical, hands-on ways to actually develop your signature style. And that's what I'm passionate about, taking the mystery out of creative thinking when it comes to design and helping you define what your dream home actually looks like. And the best way to start is to get really clear on what your style is. Now, I'm not talking about style categories like I'm farmhouse or I'm boho. I'm talking about a one-of-a-kind definition that is very specific to who you are. And we've got a blueprint that will help you do just that. It's our free style guide. I'll walk you through some questions and get you thinking about how you want to show up in your home. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style guide button right there on the homepage. I can't wait to see what you come up with. And I'm going to ask you, so don't be surprised when we start having a back and forth conversation about your home. I'm all in and I hope you are too. All right, let's get back to the episode. So let, let's let's talk about some of these tools. You mentioned the Bagua map. There's also the, oh, I wrote this down, the compass. Oh, How yeah, do you Lopan. pronounce that? The Lopan. Lopan. Yes. Also Chi for people who, who are not familiar with that. What I'd love for you to do is walk us through, if you were working with a client, how would you start? What would you look at? What tools would you use? How would you help this person? 
Oh yeah, this is, that's a great question. So first of all, when I first arrive at a consultation, I take the low pan compass reading. After I take the reading, then I sit down with the client, interview them, talk about what they want most out of life and how they're interacting with their home, what they like, what they don't like. And then we first take a look at the, the entryway. Okay, so hold on one second. I want to back up for one second. What is the compass telling you? What are you looking yeah. for when you're reading it? Yeah. So the compass, it tells me where the, the magnetic north is. And then from there, I can make different um, changes on the compass. It has these different kind of disks that are overlaid okay. around the compass. And okay. then you can spiral them around to where it lines up with like, this is the north sector. I can see this is related to water. And then you can put, if you're incorporating the client's lucky directions, you can add those in so you can see what sectors are activated there. Okay. There's also the flying star information too, which is based on the flow of time. So it's mm. like a static of like, okay, the bog was always going to be this oriented in this way, but it also incorporates time. So it's like, okay, well, huh. this, this area is activated. So you can, you can incorporate all of those things. Okay. Here. So, so this is very complex. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and I, and I assumed it would be, I mean, all of these layers, all of these layers. And I think yeah. we, we, we live in our homes and we have no idea that there's all of this kind of energy and layers of, of feeling and perception, kinesthetic information coming at us. So it, it must be very eye-opening. Oh, yeah. For this. All right. So you, you, you do the compass reading. You sit down mm -hmm. with the client. You talk about their problems and their hopes and their dreams. And then what happens? Yeah. And then we usually start, well, we always start at the, the front entrance way because that okay. is traditionally called the Ming Tang and that translates to the bright hall. So if you think about an emperor sitting in on their throne and if you want to come talk to the emperor, you have to walk through this giant bright hall. So okay. how you're feeling at the beginning of that walk is going to be very different than how you're feeling at the end of that walk. Huh. So the entryway is very similar kind of process. How are you going to be feeling? Once you enter the home, once you pass that threshold, it's a transformational area from outside energy to inside energy. Mm. So it's, it's, it really makes a big difference. For example, if you're walking in, you can't open your door all the way. There's all this clutter and things you need to do that you've been putting off stacked <laughs> up. And the way that you're feeling in that moment is going to kind of follow you through the interaction for the rest of your home. Yeah. Whereas if you open the door, you can open, open it easily. You see some beautiful artwork that feels very inspiring to you. You walk in, it smells nice. Everything's kind of put away. You're going to have a much more calm experience in your home and the rest of the time that you're in that space. I love that word transformational. I love if we think about it that way, what is my transition going to be like? Yeah. What is my transformation going to be like when I'm finally back home? And obviously most of us want that ah, feeling, you know, right. where you just, you're home, you're in your favorite place. So, okay. So, so that, that makes sense to me that you would really start by focusing on that. And then, mm -hmm. and then does it just get incredibly personalized by client or is there, is there kind of more to the standard process that you use? So, and then I, we take a look at the Bagua map. I overlay the compass based on their floor plan and we take a look and see what all the different sectors are. And then we just kind of tour throughout the home. And the so, Bagua map is the energy map? Yeah. So that's an, an energetic map. And for example, North is related to your career. Oh. Northeast is knowledge and spirituality. East is elders. Southeast is wealth and prosperity. I could do, should I go on? <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so, 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 so there's a lot of different aspects of our lives represented yeah. in this map. 
Right, exactly. And then South is fame and reputation, huh. Southwest relationship and marriage, and West is creativity, and then Northwest is helpful people and travel. So huh. if anyone has anything specific that they want to, to explore um, during the session that they're having like problems in their life, then it can be, oh, well, maybe you should move all this broken electronic equipment out of your Southwest relationship corner. And, you know, okay. like for example, so I can see kind of what areas to focus on. And then I also definitely check the chi flow. So chi is an energetic flow of energy throughout the home. And it travels in the same patterns that water would move. So for mm-hmm. example, if water were to enter your home, mm-hmm. how, how would that flow throughout the space? And when you're kind of picturing that, you can, you can see the way that chi would flow and spiral around. It flows in through doors and also through windows. So any kind okay. of opening in the space, but mostly through doors. And then, then yeah, you could see how it's moving within the space, make any kind of changes. If there's any blockages, another thing you want to sleep in a nice sheltered area. You don't want to sleep in, in an area that's going to have a lot of chi flow over your body because you're not going to rest as well. Okay. So, so you don't always want it to be open and flowing. There are times no. when you want to divert it in other ways. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For sleep, you want it to be very yin and supported with a, a nice solid wall behind you and protected from Okay. 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 Like I said, there's just, there's a lot to this. Who, who do you think feng shui is ideally suited for? And I, I guess I'm curious about you. What do you do with skeptics or maybe skeptics just don't come to you because there are people who are coming to, you, they're already very open to this idea because, you know, th- this, uh, this comes from China. It's mm-hmm. a very non-Western way of thinking. So it's, it's to some people, it's going to be really hard to wrap your mind around. Help us understand, I guess, how to be more open to it. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely have, like most of my clients obviously believe in it and, you know, yeah. are very enthusiastic about the application. And so that's when most people call me, but, you know, sometimes right. there's a spouse that's like, oh, I don't right, know. Right, right. Definitely. But, but yeah. But there's obvious changes that you can make. And I do also have a, a degree in psychology. So just explaining that your surroundings are speaking to you and telling you little messages, everything in your home is giving yeah. you subliminal messages throughout your life. And no one can really argue with that. You know, right. if you're looking at a painting that looks really sad, it's probably going to have an effect on your mood if you're, that's the first thing you see every morning, for example. Right. And also just orienting your bed and your desk towards command position. I briefly mentioned this, but it's to where you have a solid wall behind you and you're facing the door. You're able to kind of greet whatever is coming at you. And this is leftover from when we were prey animals and we were sitting okay. in a cave. We needed to sit in a way that was protected and see if there's a tiger coming in the door, for example. Yeah. So it's just, you know, that calms our nervous system down if we feel in control of the space in that way. So, you know, it, in addition to all of these energy maps, there are very real psychological aspects to it too. What is the most important thing for us to know or, and, or what can we put into practice right away? Oh yeah, definitely. So there's some really, really easy things that you can do. For example, you can open your windows and just allow fresh air in and cycle the energy throughout the home. That's really transformational and it's, you know, you can do it right now. (laughs) So that's a really easy one. Also taking a look at the entryway, like I mentioned, and just make sure that the the flow is lovely and feel really welcomed in that space and just make it you know, like a really nice welcome home for you and your guests. Also just cleaning the floors. It just really brightens up the energy of the home. Another thing is the windows. So for example, it can be very literal. Like the windows are the eyes of our home. Okay. So if our windows are really like smudged and not clear, then you're going to have trouble seeing 
opportunities that are coming to you or just ah. having kind of like a foggy vision yeah. about your life. So, yeah. So I think it's, it's been a long time since I've my windows now that you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give it a try and just yeah. see like, okay, this is how I feel before. This is how I feel after. And all of this you can just play with and, you know, like test it out and see how, how it works out for you. I want to give you an opportunity to say anything I haven't asked you about that you want to make sure we walk away with. Yeah, definitely. So I guess one one major takeaway that I always leave my clients with is take a look at what your artwork and decoration is saying to you every day. And the most powerful places can be like in your bedroom. That's the first thing that you see in the morning. That's your Ming Tang for the day. Also, when you're coming home, what, what kind of artwork is, is presenting there? And you okay. can really figure out what you want from life and then choose your artwork according to that. And if you already have some beautiful pieces that you love, you can say, okay, well, I'm going to assign this meeting that whatever I look at this object, I'm going to have it tell the story back to me. So you can, if it's an abstract painting, for example, you could say, okay, these are all the opportunities coming to me in all these different shapes mm. and your life will just change for the better and be in more alignment with what you want. People who listen to the show know that I'm ridiculously passionate about getting people to buy more art. And and I think it's one of the biggest things that is missing from most people's homes, especially meaningful art that that really speaks to them. But you are talking about activating the art in a way that I don't think I've done before, where you are you're it's almost meditative. It's it's mm -hmm. almost like reinforcing this this feedback loop about things that you want to bring into your life. It's really lovely. Yeah. And I'm thinking you can probably do that, not just with artwork on the wall, but with, you know, a very special one-of-a-kind object, like a vase that you picked up when you're traveling or a bowl or, right? It doesn't just have to be the stuff that's on the wall. No, yeah. And I, I do little tableaus throughout my home. For example, yeah. this plant is me. This plant is my partner. And here's our child. Uh -huh. And like, you know, like making, you can make little tableaus that have meaning and it's just kind of arranging objects in your home in addition uh -huh. to like the aesthetic of it, but like creating little stories that re yeah. will, will remind you of like to be gra grateful for what you do have. Yes. And that, that is... Yeah, that's going to oh, be a big that. one. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I'm going to ask you my my final question, and I'm really curious to see how you answer this. Why does style matter? Yeah, style matters. This is a really fun one from both a clothing, a fashion perspective, and also um, your home perspective. So style is, if you think about it, the quickest form of communication. For example, if someone's walking across the street, you can take a look at what they're wearing, see, you know, get a general sense about the person, what they're into. How do you want to show yourself and be perceived? And then also your home in that same way is messages to yourself and your family. What are your goals? What are you working towards? What are your memories? How, how is that incorporated into your space? Your personal style is incorporated into your personality. And then that reflects on your home and also in your wardrobe choices. So yeah, yeah. it's all about communication. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to educate us and open us up to the possibilities. Oh, it was absolutely my ple pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really fun interview. And thank you for asking such wonderful questions. Okay. I hope that was helpful and inspiring. Do check out our website, littleyellowcouch.com, where you can see photos and links from this episode, learn about my slow style approach to design, and grab your free style guide to get you started on your signature style today. Have a great week. Bye for now.
thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.